Hello, my friend, and welcome to this special edition of TFU News and Views. I am your host, Anthony Percali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Tory Archive, Transformers University podcast, this podcast, and oh, so much more. And this afternoon, Thursday, April 15, 2021, I had a chance to sit down uh, alongside some of my fellow podcasters and websites to discuss the reveals from Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest 2021. Uh, that was just about a week ago. And just kind of uh, pick the brains of Ransan and Lenny Pansika and the Hasbro Transformers uh, design and marketing team. And with that, we got a little bit of insight into uh, decisions behind the current line, um, some vague hints at some things that might be on their way, and overall, uh, just a good conversation just to share our feedback and the things we love currently uh, about the line with them. So in this interview, uh, on the call was myself, uh, Ben Yi from BWTF.com, uh, Phil Zeman from ASMZine.com, uh, XV from Radio Free Cybertron, and Anthony over at therobots.com. Now, you may have heard, or you may have seen, <laughs> that this episode posted earlier today, and I did have to pull it down. Uh, so one of the things that, that came out of me posting the episode earlier today, uh, I was asked this afternoon to not post uh, the raw audio from this interview. Uh, we weren't made aware of that uh, at the outset, uh, one way or another, as to whether or not we could post audio or not. Uh, I did get some clarifications from our folks over with Hasbro's PR team and found out I could use some sound clips from the interview. So uh, in lieu of giving the entire audio of the interview, I'm going to kind of run through what went on uh, now that you know who was in the conversation. And we're going to talk a little bit about what was said and, and analyze some of the answers and just basically discuss right here uh, what comes out of an interview like this. Now, you know, it's weird because, you know, I, I do turn it over to you, my listeners on Twitter and, and on some of the other social media platforms as to what I should ask. And it almost always seems like folks want to know what's next, what's next, what's next, and not necessarily reflect on what we just saw and what we just heard about. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, I want to ask your questions. I want to ask, are we going to see transmetals? Are we going to see fusors? Are we uh, going to get some sort of weird character introduction? I, I do. I really do want to ask those questions, but I already know the answer. Uh, and, and really, you do too. They can't talk about it. If they're planning it, they can't talk about it. Now, um, you know, at least not until it's been officially announced. And so you can only get away with that question once in an interview. Um, and it's not really to get away with it. It's really for me. I know I've asked it before, and I even asked it in this interview, a question about something that was coming up. Um, it's to give them the opportunity to tell you uh, on the record that they can't talk about that right now. Um, the reason is, is also because you, you don't want it to go unsaid, but you kind of want to set the parameters for the listener, for you guys uh, at home to know that yeah, there's not much further coming out of that. So we're going to move on to some other things. So first question on this one, and this is actually, it wasn't exactly about um, things that were covered in Pulse, but it was about Pulse Premium. Uh, and this came from Ben Yee over at BWTF. 
And this is one of those ones where we basically got a non-answer. You know, uh, I think one of the concerns to Pulse Premium members or potential Pulse Premium members is what do they get beyond the scope of uh, their membership? And now I use my membership enough where anything else is a bonus. Uh, but I guess for other people, they want a little bit more. You know, that Pulse Premium party uh, wasn't very well guarded uh, in terms of, of link privacy. And content itself uh, wasn't that impressive. I mean, they got some good guests, but it's not necessarily things that I would have wanted to be exposed to or certainly paid extra to be exposed to. Um, they were nice-to-haves, which you know is also good in terms of a Pulse Premium membership, but they weren't things that were going to make me spend that extra $50 a year to have Pulse Premium. Um, it, it's kind of a wash. Uh, it, they didn't do anything to impress me and make me go, yeah, I'm so glad I had Pulse Premium. But on the other hand, they didn't do anything to drive me away either. Like, oh, I can't believe I signed up for this. The next question came from Anthony over at the Roarbots, and he asked about the development of the ARC. And uh, we got a good answer from Lenny Panzika, who's now the lead designer. He's kind of taken the place of John Warden on the Transformers team. And Lenny has been on the brand before. Uh, you can check out his entry over at tfwiki.net uh, if you want a little background on some of the figures he has designed in the past. Now, he gave us a pretty good answer about, you know, wanting to create a new character and certainly the first new character, Titan. And he also had this to say about the colors of the arc. I'll let everybody know that we worked on that color of that figure up until it went into the final product box, which we call, it's like the final going onto a boat. Just because you guys know everything on the 86 and uh, 84 cartoon, the colors changed 35 times an episode. So it was like, is it yellow? Is it orange? Is it macaroni and cheese orange? Or is it cheddar cheese orange? Is it yellow? <laughs> so um, my engineer, poor Lindsay, has had to order probably like 25 <laughs> color chips on that thing. So, but yeah, it was a big deal for us. And he's a huge character. And I think he's a great addition to the line. And he makes a lot of sense. So it was a, it was an honor. It was a pleasure. And it was necessary and nerve wracking and great that it turned out the way it did. And, you know, I'm particularly excited about how that character has turned out. Uh, I, I, I think as far as learning about the arc, and it, look, it, it leaked a while ago, and it was part of that great artwork. I love the fact that they're doing an homage to the last Autobot and to the late run of the Marvel US comics, and I guess the late run of Marvel UK too. And it, it's, it's just a fantastic, fantastic idea. Moreover, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if it was 2017 or 2018. Uh, this group of folks that were in this interview, particularly myself and uh, Ben from BWTF, along with um, Diecast from Radio Free Cybertron and, and a few of the other folks who have, were in some of the other sessions today with Hasbro, they, I should say, we often uh, get a chance to talk with them at Toy Fair, with the Hasbro design team at Toy Fair at the end of the day as one big group. And we get maybe 10, 15 minutes. And I can distinctly remember one year, uh, whatever year they announced Jabba's sail barge for uh, HasLab. And they asked what we would be interested in in terms of HasLab. And they asked us what we would be interested in in terms of new toys and new figures in the main line. And it's funny, I think, you know, Unicron went out there immediately. 
both from Diecast and from Kevin over at Unicron.com. And, you know, I had set the arc as, as a HasLab thing, even if it didn't transform. And I had also mentioned Quintessons, because at that point we had not gotten Quintessons. And everyone, not everyone, but a good chunk, myself included, said Beast Wars, Beast Wars, Beast Wars. And I know I had heard a rumor that the original intent for the third part of War for Cybertron was going to be something uh, Armada-styled and based, and they made a hard shift towards Beast Wars. And I'm wondering how much of that came out of that conversation, Uh, because you know the lead time is about two years, uh, and here we are two and a half years later, and all these things are coming to fruition. Now, yes, some of them are low-hanging fruit and very obvious, uh, but uh, at some point, I need to go revisit the audio from that conversation. I think Radio Free Cybertron has it. And and just see how close we got towards uh, either guessing what they had planned for the end of the trilogy or heavily influencing what they had planned for the end of the trilogy. Now, from there, our conversation swung over to uh, packaging. Uh, XV from Radio Free Cybertron had a few comments on that. We found out from the folks at Hasbro that they wanted the shattered glass packaging to be more than simple e-com packaging. Now, e-com packaging is uh, short for e-commerce packaging. It's essentially what you see with generation selects, the the cardboard box, the closed cardboard boxes. It might also uh, include what you see with some of the recent Amazon exclusives where they're closed boxes because they really uh, went out of their way to talk about the windows and the window box on these um, so they didn't want to have the e-com packaging on that. And I, I really do appreciate that. I think the shattered glass uh, blur packaging does look really good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of shattered glass as a concept. Um, I feel that in some ways it's a low-hanging fruit uh, just doing the the opposite. The good guy is bad, the bad guy is good. And then flipping the colors to something uh, you know, recently relatable. It's also a good way to get some alternate universe things in there. But I do like uh, the decos overall. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about this shattered glass blur. Now, the next question came from me. I had asked about some of the characters in the kingdom art, uh, which guess what? Non-answer. They're not really going to talk about the ones that weren't produced. And uh, also about the play pattern. I did want to tee up that there was a play pattern uh, carried through the War for Cybertron trilogy that was really good. And that is the weaponizers, modulators, fossilizers, the Uh, characters that break apart and become weapons for others. And here is what Lenny Panzeca had to say about that. Um, I I can speak to the play pattern. Depends on what the story arc is and what is needed. So like you guys know, we kind of bake in mechanism or feature based on our narrative. So the narrative warrants it and the character fits. It ships. I mean, we are loving the comments from you guys on those uh, weaponizers, fossilizers, we felt like it was a good year for us to include that type of mechanism in War for Cybertron because, you know, it's a war story and there are a lot of weapons in wars and mm-hmm. think that uh, these great positive feedback has given us to think about for future storytelling and the product that we bring from those stories. So, yeah, well, more to come, definitely. Yeah, it's it's Mark literally every night. We're on constantly, right? So we, he's always sending me messages of like weaponizers or bone weaponizers he's made or he finds something the fans made. He's like, yo, look at this goodie. And it's like, <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. But, um, you know, we want to expand the line. So 
you know, seeing, seeing you guys' reactions like that helps us understand how to. Uh, I think today in this interview, like we've gotten a lot of, hey guys, what about this? And how about this? And you'll be surprised that, I think I've said this in previous uh, interviews, and, but like how much we read your comments in your forums, in your platforms and social media to get influenced and, you know, um, get ideas from our fans. So keep up those, um, you know, forums and keep the conversation and dialogue open. And if there's anything that you feel like it's something that is missing from our line and that something that you definitely need in your collection, you know, um, feel free to voice your opinions as loud as possible. We, we love reading them. And it's interesting, you know, that last tag team part of that answer is from Ran Sun. And it's interesting to see how the paradigm has shifted so, so much uh, from basically from when I got into the fandom. You know, Hasbro... 20, 25 years ago, uh, they paid a little attention to the internet. They said they checked out the boards, but they didn't necessarily um, flat out tell us that we influence their decision making. And it's kind of neat to see that that come about. So I'm not talking about like a release the Snyder Cut kind of uh, example here. I think that's probably uh, a little bit of a bridge too far. But if there is is something you want, or if there's something you feel like a group of fans really wants. Uh, for example, I know I know there are a lot of more than meets the eye and lost light fans out there. Uh, you folks need to raise your voices really loud. Uh, I know there's a lot of Beast Wars season two fans out there. You folks need to raise your voices really loud because you know this is how stuff gets made. Uh, I can tell you a fun story about Bakon back in the i'd say it's the early 2000s um it became a joke for us uh, and i say us meaning uh, a bunch of my friends uh at the convention and, and we became a very large group of like 45 50 people at one point uh including some of the people that were on this call and i forgot how it came up but we kind of made a, a joking remark about making a new big daddy figure. And, you know, we kind of ran with that for a few years. And eventually it happened. It happened in the 2007 uh, movie line uh, from Walmart. It was a Walmart exclusive. It was a recolor of, of the 2005 uh, Cybertron downshift figure. Uh, but they made it happen. And Big Daddy came back in a big bad way. And then uh, even more recently, you know, showed up as Daddy-O in the... Uh, Earthrise line as a micromaster once again uh as a reference to the original and we just liked the name we thought it was a ridiculous name so we pushed for it uh it's very similar to how the folks uh, who wanted to get erector into the transformers hall of fame uh i wouldn't go down that road but if there's something legit that can be made from something we already have for example if you wanted studio series rodimus in lost light early issues colors that's something i think that if you got enough fans behind, Hasbro would notice, and it's something they can pull off very easily. Uh, on the other hand, I know a lot of us want a Tarn figure uh, from Hasbro, not from a licensee, not from a third party, an official Tarn figure or an official set of DJD characters. Uh, that might be harder to do, but now's the time to lay the groundwork for that, especially as they're transitioning into either a new trilogy or you know a new series a year year and a half from now especially as kingdom wraps up 
Now, I double-dipped here after Lenny's incredible impression of Mark, uh, the designer you may have seen for Hasbro in the Transformers panel during Hasbro Pulse FanFest. I felt like I should push him a little further on some toy design stuff. That's really how you get these folks talking. I'm giving you a little bit of inside baseball in terms of how to do interviews, right? Look, they can't talk about the things they can't talk about. So ask them about the things they know and they can talk about. So this one here, uh, I really, really did want to know uh, about Dracodon, the, the core class fossilizer, and why he was green. And boy, I got a great answer. Mark and I were kind of like riffing on what we could do to like update them. And it's like, what if like the whole, you see the whole set, it's like a, like a, like a lava field. Right. And then we were just like dorking out and talking about like, I'm like, you know, in like deep Russia, there's like these crazy acid pits by the volcanic fields. I'm like, what if he was fossilized and scanned a, a, a it's a styrat, it's a, uh, what is it? It's a stygimolic. It's not a Draco, it's a Stygimolic. A Stygimolic skeleton, a dinosaur, no, I'm sorry. A skeleton in one of those pits. And it came out and it was like literally it's acid bones, which is metal. So if you notice anything, I will try to put as much metal as possible into things. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a heavy metal acid bone thing. It's rad. Mark, let's do it. Mark's like, hell yeah, I got some colorways. Let's go. He started off with a lot of different colorways. There's like purple, yellow, blue. And the green was just so... 80s toy awesome made me think of a trapper keeper with craziness on it that's why he's green <laughs> he's an acid bone man you know if you listen to this show and you hear all the heavy metal references i drop uh in in here i have a feeling uh lenny would be a good interview for me and so uh who knows maybe that might be on the horizon in in the coming weeks or months now, from the acid bones of Dracodon to a discussion uh, about what 80s toys were like uh, versus what they were in our minds at the time and how this is reflected in uh, the War for Cybertron trilogy. And this came from Anthony over at uh, the Robots. Uh, and, you know, it's an interesting concept. You know, I, I, I certainly have a deep love for my G1 figures, uh, but I, I, I recognize their faults for sure. Uh, they are definitely of their time, as the saying goes. And, uh, you know, Lenny gave us some good insights into this. Okay, that stuff you remembered, what was it like? What did you want it to be? So we have the privilege and we have the, 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 the opportunity to do that. So a lot of times, a lot of the toy designers that work on these sorts of brands, we try to do that, right? It's like, how do we like make it to the next level? Make it what we, what we as kids thought they were, you know? So, um, you know, it's just, and also tooling is at a place now where you can, where I'm sure those designers back in the day wanted to, right? And they just, you know, form each function and uh, form is more complicated now when we have the opportunity to do it. So why not? So then the conversation shifted over to my buddy, Phil Zeman over at ASM Zine. And if you're not familiar with ASM Zine, uh, I'm going to give you a little backstory. They, Phil is one of the, don't want to say oldest because <laughs> he's not much older than I am, uh, but he has been in the fandom uh, as long as most of us can remember, including people who have been in the fandom longer than me. And ASM Zine started out as Altered States Magazine, uh, which, as you can tell by the name, doesn't necessarily sound like a Transformers-themed website. 
and Altered States and ultimately ASM, they were the ones who used to cover Toy Fair uh, pretty regularly and pretty much exclusively, uh, other than Ben over at BWTF, who would cover the Transformers section. Uh, Altered States was one of the first websites that would go and hit every manufacturer and do really detailed work with the photographs. Uh, so the, the, the Toy Fair coverage you see today, uh, that, a lot of that was fostered by Phil and his team over there at Alter States, uh, Doug and Matt and Amy and Daniel, uh, all used to do an amazing, amazing job. And so I just want to give them all a shout out here. And just as I'm reflecting back on these old times and, and putting on my nostalgia goggles a little bit, but Phil had a question, uh, since he isn't based out of New York or San Diego and has never really covered them himself. He's always tapped people who were in the area. He did ask a question about continuing this online presence, uh, this online kind of fan convention thing that Hasbro has been doing pre-pandemic. They did it at Toy Fair last year in 2020, right before the pandemic. And as someone who certainly uh, can't necessarily make it to those things, uh, he did want to know if that was going to continue. And uh, the answer more or less was yes, uh, it will continue. Uh, and there is still some excitement, though, to get back to in-person conventions as well. From there, uh, Ben from BWTF shifted the conversation over to Core Class. Uh, it turns out it wasn't intended for pre-order, just like it wasn't available for pre-order during the convention. Uh, but some of that stuff will eventually be available uh, to purchase online. Uh, Ran also mentioned that Core is kind of her baby. And uh, she is really happy that uh, we have such uh, great feedback and uh, what a great impression is made on the fans. Uh, from there, we took a little bit of a look into the future, or at least we tried to, uh, asking him a bit more about the uh, slug figures that are included with the arc. Uh, most notably that there are more seats than slug figures, uh, just like there are more spots for slugs uh, with Unicron beyond uh, what came with the figure and the team took the fifth on that so make of that what you will uh xv from radio free cybertron chimed in here uh complimenting them on ships as accessories to galvatron and uh hopefully seeing more of those ships in the future and then finally we ended on character choices uh noting that they're kind of running out of g1 content to some extent and uh, commending them for doing something like Black Zarek. And the wealth of characters within the Transformers brand uh, is one of the things very unique to it, uh, particularly since each character and each alt mode has its own personality. The cool part about that on Transformers is, I would always say it all the time, even when I was not working on Generations, of like transformation is king. Like, a wolf that transforms, a dinosaur that transforms, a spaceship that transforms. Like we have something that a lot of toy lines do not and cannot have. So it's kind of cool, right? So when you start getting into those, like I would use the word, not trociary, but like um, the greater fandom doesn't know about those outrigging lines or comic books or, or, or uh, media. When we tap into it, it's kind of a new, it's a new character for them. And then to that point, like we had the opportunity to make new characters like Rack Knight, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the beauty of Transformers. I mean, we transform. Awesome. What can we make? What, what mm -hmm. can we make transform? And how cool can we make that robot? So 
Thanks for the kudos, by the way, on that. We're, uh, we're excited to bring him to the table. I pre-ordered two, so. (laughs) 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 And we're going to have to talk to Ben about pre-ordering two Black Zarex. Find out what the deal is with that. And so that wrapped up our conversation. Uh, I am really grateful to the folks at Hasbro for allowing us to be a part of this, allowing me to be a part of this and be a part of the fan room during Hasbro Pulse fan fest i keep wanting to call it PulseCon, but that was six months ago right and i hope you enjoyed hearing uh the bits of this conversation uh it was a really good time and i'm really glad actually i got put in a room with a bunch of people i already knew because it made asking the questions so much easier and uh just having that conversation so much easier because you don't feel like you're in competition with everyone uh for the for the first answer the best answer and uh, you don't feel like you're in competition on the way out the door either, which is always good. And, you know, that last answer from Lenny, it certainly lends itself to what this fandom has become. It's become a bit more than uh, an obscure property from the 80s that that it was when, when I joined it. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. There's a lot of... You know, look, there's always going to be a lot of going back to that 1984, 85, 86 well. But I think with this team and I think with Hasbro in general, they're looking to expand upon that. They're looking for their next Guardians of the Galaxy, their next Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, things that that maybe Marvel did that were successful but came out of nowhere. And, and, and for us as a brand, for Transformers as a brand, uh, that stuff's there. That stuff is very much there. And and so I think we're going to see a lot of interesting things peppered into this generation's line as time goes on. Now, if you're interested in learning a bit more about the Transformers history, why don't you give a quick listen to this before we head out the door? It is a world transform where things are not what they seem. Want to learn a bit about the Transformers? Think you know everything about Cybertron, but are looking to learn a little bit more? Enroll today at Transformers University Podcast. Each episode will tackle a piece of Transformers history, starting in 1984 and marching our way up to today. Hosted by me, Anthony Brucalli, three-time Emmy Award winner and consulting producer on Netflix's The Toys That Made Us, and lifelong Transformers fan, we'll go on a journey through cartoons and comics, toys and movies, and all the weird esoterica from around the world, chronicling the adventures of everyone's favorite robots in disguise. Listen to Transformers University on iTunes, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Transform and roll out! And that wraps it up for this edition of TFU News and Views. And once again, I want to thank the folks over at Hasbro for allowing us this opportunity to uh, have this conversation with them. And I want you to make sure you go out and check out all the folks that were on the interview, Uh, at least the ones that I know. If you're one of the other folks that was on this call, uh, drop me a line so I can help promote you as well. But please do go and check out Ben at BWTF.com and Phil at ASMZine.com. And of course, XV and Brian and the gang over at TF Radio, Radio Free, Cybertron. 
Don't forget to check out Transformers University. Episode 98 just dropped this week. Episode 99 on its way as we climb our way to a very special episode 100. Until next time, I am your host, Anthony Bercali, owner-operator, madman, behind tfu.info. See ya.